Shut up and sit down. Welcome, 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 everybody, to episode 268 of Third Shift. I am, of course, one of your glorious hosts, the nicknamed something, something, rather, I don't know what it is, all the things that Matt sometimes calls me, it's me. I, I always calls you, I always calls you. He does, guy. he says stuff, it makes sense, it sounds great, I feel good when he says it, but I can't say it because I'm humble. I'm here today, today also with me, you just heard him, the inglorious bastard himself, Mr. Matt, he's here with me, but that's not all. It's a special episode, everybody. I want you to grab your little hair, grab your little earlobes, whatever it is you do to make yourself feel better, because today we have a special guest, someone who's been on the show before, someone whom we admire, someone whom we respect, someone whom we asked to come back a second time. Because he's so amazing. It is none other than Jim. Jim Fronda, the voice of all sorts of awesome characters on the old Battleborn, which we covered at nauseum way long ago. But also he does a ton of anime. And he does Claptrap now for Borderlands. Man, oh man. Mr. Jim. Hello, sir. Hello. You know the rigmarole boy now. Yeah, I do. How are you doing? How's your week? Uh, my week has been great. Um, golly, uh, I'm getting ready for um, gosh, first convention since the pandemic. It was um, Tokyo, Oklahoma, formerly Tokyo and Tulsa. It's coming up um, this weekend, and uh, it's been postponed. It was postponed, uh, gosh, two or three times, and it's finally happening. And I'm so looking forward to it. Because I, I mean, I I saw y'all at Yomacon. I just I love cons. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And I'm just ready to go. Got to be masked up. Got a claptrap mask that I uh, that I made. Gonna wear. So yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, I, I finished Lost Judgment, which I'm I'm not gonna spoil anything if you haven't finished it yet. But um, I'm on the second to last chapter of that one, so I'm I'm almost done. I was thinking I might be able to beat it before we got on the show here, but that eleventh chapter kind of stretched out pretty long. It's um oh god yeah there's uh I, I keep getting sidetracked by the school stories and oh yeah yeah the that's second to the last skateboard race I have almost thrown my controller through the TV screen it's um that is oh no yeah that is um that that's not happening anytime soon for me at all <laughs> I haven't gone too far into that one but I got super heavy into the boxing mini game so I think uh, I'm on the yeah. the last row of challenges for that one and then I don't know what I need to do to continue the dance club minigame but I, I love that because i love rhythm minigames and everything but i'm still on like i just beat the second performance and then nothing's been unlocking for the last like 10 hours it's driving me crazy i think i figured it out it's um when you look in the like the school thing app it says you need to have appeal of three or higher but the okay. only thing that i know to get better appeal is um it's skateboarding skateboarding gives you appeal but now uh, okay it's like do i have to finish all these skate races because they were fun up until the second of the last race <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's like it's like n64 mario kart type of rubber banding where you'll be in the lead and oh, then suddenly a guy no. just rockets past and oh i lost again so yeah, uh, I'm still on. I'm still on the intro of, the, of all the skateboarding stuff. So I've I've just done the park stuff. I'm not into the races yet. So that 
you've, you've scared me, Jim. You've, you've, you've kind of put me off progressing that one. I oh boy. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's did I say did I say it was hard? I meant it's fun. Oh, it's oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is, it is fun. <laughs> it is fun, but it's uh, you know after after several tries, you get a little tilted, and it's like I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go punch some street street thugs again. Some some folks from the RK and uh, um, I definitely got that. Not not really heated, but like I said with the dance club minigame, I have to get perfects on rhythm minigame things in Yaksa games or or judgment games. And I always just miss that one note somewhere in there. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> just just one more try. And then five more tries later, I'm going, okay, I'm not no, none of this anymore. Like you said, I gotta go punch somebody. I gotta go gotta go do the boxing <laughs> minigame. I gotta punch people and knock them out. That's all I gotta do. Bicycle to the face fixes everything. Exactly, yeah. So um anyway, yeah, that that was that was my week. Um just you know, getting ready for the getting ready for the uh the convention. Um got my prints. I uh, I ordered new prints for some of the shows that I was in. I you know, because you know I do those little those little um digital brick renderings. And mm-hmm. prints came and unfortunately they weren't packed completely and the uh, about half of each stack were they, they were bent and um, oh, like 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 creased to the point where it actually damaged the print on the front side and so mm-hmm. it was really cool it was um, they they said we're really sorry about that and they sent out they they um, sent out another pack and they got here and they were packed properly this time and they are all in one piece and I'm happy nice so yeah well, that's good to hear so um, so yeah, that was that was my week which we just went on that big side conversation about lost judgment but it's just such a good game it's hard not to talk about <laughs> it is really good obviously you played the first one do you like this one better or the first one better because i feel like yagami as a character just kind of he, he's like opened up like at the very end of the last game he kind of came out of a shell i guess and i feel like he did that in this game too i think so i think the the, the writers and the actor um were probably more comfortable in the role oh that and, makes sense um, too, yeah. Yeah, and it just it, uh, it. I like this story. The story, it's you know, both of them were fun, but mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of points in that story that that hit really hard. Yeah, um, yeah, because uh, I was bullied in the seventh grade. Um, I, as a matter of fact, a, a lot of my performances muscular in My Hero Academia was based on a bully that sat behind me on the bus with his cronies every day on the way to oh, school wow. in the seventh grade, and. Um, it's uh yeah it was that was that was a pretty miserable time in life but um yeah it's uh um I wasn't bullied as badly as the kids in that game in in Lost Judgment but I, um, I would hope not that's but yeah. um that, watching that and you know you're thinking I I could kind of see the other side of this you know and and then I thinking about it I'm like what does that what does that say about me as a person though you know it's um. That was a, a a bit of introspection um, when I thought I'm kind of I'm kind of rooting for this uh, for this 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 villain in a sense. Or not really a villain, but I'm rooting for this 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 other character. And I'm thinking, is that is that wrong of me? <laughs> I, I had that moment the a, a few nights ago when the yeah. you know you kind of you kind of all the information is revealed, and I went, yeah, but I don't want Yagami to stop him. Like I. I mean, I know what he's doing is wrong, obviously, but yeah, yeah. But he's also kind of like, you know what I'm saying? It's oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. one of those weird situations, and I'm following the story to the end because that's what you have to do. And I'm like, but I know you're right, 
but also you're right too. I, yeah, I, I, don't, it, I don't know who I want to win at the end. Yeah, I, I think I really like the writing in this one because it's it's not such a cut and dry thing. You know, it's um, it's uh, it you know, it, it got me thinking in in ways that yeah. games don't often do. So, mm-hmm. well, of course, since Matt's already been yapping, Matt, what about you? How's your week been, buddy? Well, it's been a good week. Obviously, we're recording this one a week in advance, so. When this comes out, I'll be I'll be in one of three different situations. I'll either be on a boat having a great time on a cruise. I will be driving back home not on a boat <laughs> in a very bad mood, or I'll be sitting at home because I will have not gotten a negative test, and I'd be in a, not not as bad of a mood because I won't have driven all the way down to Florida to get sent back. But other than that, like we just talked about, playing a lot of Lost Judgment. By the time this episode comes out, I will have beaten it, and. I don't know. I haven't been doing a whole lot of other gaming since. I've been kind of in a, a funk when it comes to progressing anything else because Lost Judgment gets just gets its hooks into me. And when I put that PS5 controller in my hand, I don't think about anything else. I'm running around town. I'm doing the mini games like we talked about. I'm having lots of fun doing the story. And I think that's about it so far. But I'm going to I'm, I'm putting you on blast here on the show, Eric, oh, because our buddy Jim just said, of course you are. it'll be a quick one. Don't be sad. And we're going to have a lot more fun after this. But Jim just mentioned he's going to his cons. He mentioned Yomacon. I texted you while I, I was at lunch. Hey, look. look Yomacon is live now in 2021. Secondly, it is live. I double-checked it. But you're gone. <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't I'm not matter. going to be that gone. I'll be back by that point. And I, I gave I gave you the hmm emoji, and I got no response. When I saw you I after lunch, you went. no text. Zero text. Nope, nope. I'm putting you on blast, Eric. It's not my fault. I could have swore they canceled it. I could have swore they weren't doing it. I don't know why I thought this, but I did think this. And then as we were talking today, I went, you know, let me, let me go check out Yumicon. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Let me double check. Of course, there it is. Hey, we're still going. Mass required for everybody. We hope that you all get the vaccination and we're following CDC rules. We're checking, double checking, et cetera, et cetera. And I went, oh, my gosh. I want to go. I want to go so bad. I want to go so bad. We can go, Eric. Just we'll, we'll buy a one day pass, just like last time, and hit it up Saturday or Sunday. I was gonna say it'd be Saturday because Sunday is thirty first, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Thirty first. Already have family issues, things we're doing, so mm-hmm. it'd have to be Saturday if we did it. See, we can do it. There we go. Now we got plans. Now it's made in stone, and Jim saw it. He witnessed it. So you can't cancel. That's not true. Just because Jim saw it doesn't mean he knows who my wife is and doesn't mean he controls what she says, okay? <laughs> well, that's fair, I guess. All right, you are now off blast, sir. What's Thank what's you. what's Appreciate what's it. on the Eric plate there for the for the past week? Well, the whole week's been, well, as you said, we're doing this uh, a Willy Wonka way. So, who knows what I've actually been playing on the week that we're saying this, but I will say for now, Tales of Rise has been what I've been up to. I have been committed to this game. Uh, in fact, I've been hiding myself on the PlayStation Network lately because I have to finish this. I have to see it through. I got a million other games I'm supposed to be playing and should be playing, but I said I was going to do this, and then as I've complained about already, they said 40 hours. 40, 50 hours, you're going to beat this game. It's not true. It's a lie. I want everybody to know it. It's a lie. I've got about 54 to 55 hours in, 
and I think I'm maybe 70% of the way through the game. Uh, recently, it opened up the whole second act where they go, hey, look, there's about a billion other side quests, a million other things you can do. And I went, oh, sweet, cool. Let's uh, let's go get all the quests, do all the things. Nope. Half of those quests, you jump into and you're like, I'm going to go do them. And this is where I have a critique of Tales of Arise as you accept them all and they allow you to. And then you go to the area where you're supposed to complete it. And the baddies are like level 50, 60. And you're about level 39, 40. And so you go, well, they're they're killing me. They're murdering me. That's not where I'm supposed to be. Boop. You go to the next one. Next one allows you to do it. Next one after that. Nope. Can't do it. It's way too high. Way too difficult. So you have to leave that one. Go to the next one. And that's what I've been doing for about two days in a row now. Just like going through all of the side quests. Trying to figure out which ones I can do, which ones I can't do. And then just today, I was like, well, I got about an hour or so to play. You know what we're going to do? Stop all the side quest stuff. Stop screwing around. Let's get on to the main quest. So I started doing the main quest, and it's wonderful. It's right back to where I want it to be. It's right back where Tales of Rise should be. The enemies are difficult. The enemies are challenging. But I'm able to defeat them. I'm able to move on with the storyline. I'm having a great time. And I went, there it is. That's the game I love. That's the game I want to love. So I think for now, I'm going to follow the main storyline. And then uh, maybe come back and just do like a, a sweep all of all the side quests. Right before like the last boss or whatever it is. And then beat the game. Because I want to make sure I have a positive overall opinion of this game. Because thus far it's been beautiful voice acting is tons of fun you know the characters are great the story's fun i don't want to get a negative opinion of it by getting stuck and getting my you know head beat in by some baddies all over the place so that's what i'm doing that's what i've been up to this week it's been wonderful and uh, i hope to finish it maybe next time we talk i will have finished it sounds like maybe who knows in a in a quality of life update maybe if they said like in your in your uh, your task list of the side missions, if it said recommended level forty seven, for you know what I mean, that would solve everything. Yeah. and that's kind of the critique I have. I wish they would say, yeah, recommended level forty eight through fifty three. That's all you got to do, and then I could just say, okay, I don't have to worry about wandering off to this random area, clearing out the baddies all the way up to it, getting into the dungeon, and then going, oh nope, can't do it, and then having to walk out. Because it's, you know, it is such a waste of time. I I don't mean it that way, because I guess the baddies up to it gets you experience. But once you're in and find out you can't do it, you're like, well, I could have been doing something else. Well, that's unfortunate. You don't want to go from point A to point A.5 point and then back to A. You want to go A to B. All right, that's done. Mm-hmm. Checklist done. There we go. Exactly. And uh, But at the same time, I, I hate complaining too much because I love old school RPGs. And this kind of is a thing that old school, old school RPGs did, but I feel like we've outgrown it. So it's one of those, I don't want to complain too much because I really want old school JRPGs to exist, but I just kind of want, you know, the new world order to exist within it as well, whereas I don't waste time doing things that weren't going to come to fruition, weren't going to lead to me succeeding at all anyway. Since we've done that, now we get to jump in <laughs> to the main thing. The only thing that matters is Jim. 
Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, it's true. This is the episode of Jim. Ah, uh, okay. And we haven't talked to you in forever. And you know what? It, it, since you're since you're humming and hawing, all right, we'll we'll take a sidestep. One quick sidestep. Jim, you've played 13 Sentinels Ages Room, right? You played that game? Yes. Yes, did I you? have. You yes. Did. Okay, okay. Yes. I have too, Jim. It's a great game. You think it's a great game, Jim? It is. I I uh I was um I, I was talking to um uh some some of my my game writer friends uh, at at D and D, and I was trying to tell them. I was I told them Thirteen Sentinels. The the writing in that game is it 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 should be taught in schools because of how it's completely it's almost nonlinear how you can play it, and you know how you have to you have to reach a certain story completion before you can go on to another character. To another but character you can quest, still. Yep. Yeah, but you could still play as all the individual characters separately in whatever order that you want, and you get all these little snippets of story. Um, and this, you're wondering, well, what does this thing mean, and what does that thing mean, and why is that here? And then you'll play another character's story, and you might get a little clue about what you saw in the other story. And I, I can imagine how hard it was to make all of these floating story bits, these independently floating story bits that are all connected, but how they're all split off into different characters' levels or different characters' chapters. And your brain pieces together the entire story as you're going through it. And um, my only comparison to that is how... uh, I know y'all played Control. Of course. And the lore in Control was genius because you pick up these memos and you read them and you start to get the whole history of the old house and the history of um, what's the town that uh, Jesse and her brother were from. Oh my goodness. It's um, it's uh, right. <laughs> Oh no. Quick, oh, no. But, anyway, God. So, but, but, but you know what I mean? It's, it's like, yes. it's, it's, you get these little snippets of everything and they're all tiny pieces of a greater whole. And the more you uh, absorb that, it all kind of, coalesces into the f- complete story in your brain and you know it's vanillaware so it just looked beautiful looks and gorgeous. yeah I, I know you know some people were kind of mixed on the strategy they said you know it was kind of hard to follow or maybe it was too easy or it was too simplistic i i really had a good time with it it was um it was just i just i loved 13 sentinels and um you know i i, I think if you hadn't played it you you you'd really enjoy it and that's that's where I was going. Jim. I'm, I'm, I just I'm, I'm backing I'm backing you up on that because I've I've heard you in multiple episodes, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, saying you need to play Thirteen Sentinels, and uh... <laughs> and Matt just he just gasped me off. You know what I mean? He just he just goes, oh yeah, Eric, sure, sure, sure. I'll get around to it. Yeah, I'll get around hey, to it, it. It it is installed. It's one of the few PS4 games that's installed on my PS5. So someday I will definitely play it. It's one of those titles to where you're thinking, uh, oh gosh, something else came out around the same time as Thirteen Sentinels, and um, and I and I, I kind of postponed playing it because I got it on launch day, and um, when it came out, and I ended up not playing it for several months because of just something came out and something came out, and then when I finally did play it, it was the only thing that I played for a couple of weeks because I just could not step away from it. Every level has a small cliffhanger, and it makes you want to just keep playing, keep going, it's, and keep yeah. going. And yeah. then it lock. That's the worst part. Is then it locks you out. It locks you out, and you go, yeah. "No, come on, 
Yeah, yeah, you need 30% of this person's character progression to finish out and see what this storyline goes to. And then it makes you go over and play another storyline. And then you become enamored with that character's storyline. And then it goes, uh, and stop. Guess what? Now you can go back to the other character storyline you were loving. But this one, you got to wait for. And then just boom, 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 boom. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It was just perfect. Now, that there is something that bridges 13 Sentinels and Lost Judgment is... Um... In Lost Judgment, there's a high school, and you do missions in high schools. Yagami becomes an advisor to the Mystery Research Club. But if you go to the if you go to the cafeteria and you look what's on the menu, Yakisoba Pan is on the menu at uh, <laughs> at Serio High School. Perfect. And it immediately it immediately made me think of Thirteen Sentinels. That is perfect. Need yeah. my Yakisoba Pan. Where's my Yakisoba Pan? <laughs> I'd do anything for it. Gosh. Uh, oh, what a good game. And I think my last bit of In My Defense, you mentioned something else came out at that same time. And as I recall, I got the other thing and Eric got 13 Sentinels. And by the time he was enamored with that, I was already hip deep in whatever the other game was. I can't even remember what it was at that time. I but I know we kind was... of diverged a little bit. And then he was like, oh, this is so great. And I went, yeah, but after I finish this one is when I'll do that. Wait a minute. I I think I think I know what the other game was. Let me. I'm just gonna Google it real quick. Okay. Let's see. Uh, no, I might be totally wrong. So I'm. Ho- I hopeful. Hopefully, no, I'm not. But I do remember there was a couple games out in that time frame that had to, you know, you had to pick like what you wanted or whatever. Mm-hmm. November twenty eighth, twenty nineteen. I I think I think that's a uh, that was around the time uh, Handsome Jackpot came out, if memory okay. serves. So I was, um, yeah, I, I mean, I was, I was still very, very deep in Borderlands 3 at that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that that have been dual wielding then. Cause I remember playing handsome Jack's pot too, as it came out, obviously, but, uh, maybe it was like, you know, a day of this, a day of that, a day of this, a day of that going in between it. Cause I got really heavy into 13 Sentinels there for a while. I remember that being my definitive go-to. And I, I could not put it down. And like you said, because of its story and because of what was going on, I just couldn't stop. And then, of course, kept trying to convince Matt to play. and But we were all caught up with all of our games. And away it went. November of 2019, that was when Death Stranding was out. So I was oh, that all been, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that came out. It's like Deathloop came out right before Lost Judgment did. And yeah. it's I, um, I've got friends playing Deathloop. And, um, oh, oh, and um, the Legends Mode update came out around the same time as well oh, in yeah. Ghost of Tsushima. Um, and um, so, yeah, I've, I've been, I've been playing a lot of Legends mode. Um, that's, that's been, that's been fun. But um, as soon as I get the side missions done in Lost Judgment, I'm jumping into Deathloop because I hear that's great. And then, and what, Metroid Dread just came out as well. I was mm. just going to say that, there's, Jim. I was like, there's, there's not so enough time for all of it. Come on. <laughs> There's just, there's just not enough time for everything. Oh, and and Hot Wheels, Hot Wheels Unleashed. I um, mm-hmm. s- somebody compared it to like you know early early Burnout, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that sounds good. Yeah, and um, there's just again not enough time to play everything. There's just when the fourth quarter rolls around, stuff starts coming out, and you just, what are you going to play it all? Well, as you know, you know we've talked about this at nauseum on the show. I don't yeah. know how I'm supposed to do this. How am I supposed to do this? Too many yeah. good games. Too much. Too much to play, not enough time. 
you know, the Hot Wheels I heard was amazing. I was like, oh, I totally want to check that out. I love the arcade racing games. That sounds like a great time. Plus, with the children, you know, what what wouldn't be great about that? Just racing around, having fun on Hot Wheels tracks with the girls, having a good time. I got Metroid Dread. I told Matt just last episode, I said, well, I've got restraint. We're going to hold back. And then I bought it. And now, you know, now it's sitting, staring at me constantly, <laughs> going, hey, hey, you should play me. Don't worry about anything you're doing. Don't worry about the games you've already got backlogged. Just play me. And I'm like, God. <laughs> and I've what had to fully to put that one out of my head because, I mean, we talked about it on the show. I definitely want to play it. And I was browsing around on Twitter searching for something else. And it came up with like a video of somebody's Metroid Dread gameplay. And they were doing like the speed booster. And then you can do it in the ball form too. And he hopped in this little thing and then shot across three different screens. And I went, ah, it looks so good. I, I had I closed Twitter as quick as I could and threw my phone away from me. Because I, I knew otherwise I would just keep watching it. And then I have to get it. And then I have to play it like right now. I just can't do it. If you were to skip to Metroid Dread, I mean, it has been forever since there's been a proper Metroid game, so it's, mm. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of a reason to to basically bump that to the top of the list, right? I mean, you have a point, but I could say yeah. that for a lot of games that come out too, and then I'll never finish. Yeah. I won't finish Lost Judgment. I'll never get back to Deathloop. I'll never play Thirteen <laughs> Sentinels: Ages Rim because the next thing will just keep slotting in over the top. Now we'll say this, Matt: you do have to at least buy Metroid Dread. That way the sales complete. That way the metrics and the numbers, you know, skew towards Metroid being the success. That way they make another Metroid sooner than fifteen years, you know, because that would be great. That's fair. Not, yeah, because yeah. that's my biggest stick is not having another Metroid in fifteen years. I'd love it to where they go. Oh, actually, this did great. People do love Metroid, uh, at least in the West, because I know in the East it's never been a huge hit. The West was kind of what embraced Metroid. Uh, but if it's a success here, maybe they'll make one sooner than every 15 to 16 years. And therefore, we can get one, you know, one or two, at least two or three maybe, before we die. I thought I read an article somewhere that it, it had some massive uh, pre-order sales. Uh, I, okay. Maybe I'm misremembering, but uh, it'd be nice. I know on top of that, they still are working on Prime 4. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's still so far away because we haven't really seen anything from it. But yeah. every article I have been reading about Dread at least mentions that, that hopefully it'll be, you know, maybe not like churning and burning like a big franchise. Hopefully that'll come out sooner rather than later and keep a slow roll instead of a, a barely rolling at all. Yeah, keep the Metroid name out there. Keep Samus happening, everything going and going. It'd be nice. But of course, Jim, we talked to you years ago. Years yeah. ago. At this point. I couldn't believe how long ago it was. I pulled up the episode on my phone to listen to today, and I was like, episode 120? That can't be right. I looked at the date, like December 2018. I went, that can't be right. And then just today in the Discord, yeah, that that was right. It was before even you were officially announced as Borderlands 3's Claptrap. Because on the show we were talking about, yeah, you kind of took over for the Borderlands 2 VR thing. And I'm sure they were nested together. But it wasn't even the big news at that time. So it's just crazy to think about how long ago it was. Boy, uh, a lot of stuff happened. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me. Oh, (sighs) gosh. The world changed. The world went crazy. We got Borderlands 3. We got Jim as Claptrap. And that's, of course, where we start. You know, how did that go? How did that feel? 
Because, of course, you kind of, you know, you gave it to us as the tidbit. That's your claptrap. Yeah. But then, of course, the game actually lost. You were officially announced as claptrap. Everybody picked it up. Borderlands 3 took off. How'd that go? Oh, gosh. Well, um, I... Uh... I loved the game and it was, it was, it was really, it was super surreal because I, because I played Borderlands, you know, I, I, you know, I, I had bit parts in the other games and, um, and the opening and it was like, holy crap, that's me. And it was just, it, it was, it was really strange. You know, it's, um, I, uh, I always compared it to if, you know, if somebody asked you to be the next James Bond or the new Batman or the next Mickey Mouse or, or you know, if you were going to be filling in the role after something so iconic. And it was just it was a it was a huge honor. And I just, oh, gosh, I love it. I I, I love being Claptrap. He's a fun little guy. It's it's interesting because if, if I go back and I listen to that, the very first thing I recorded on three was the first time you see him. The first time you see him, that is the first time I was Borderlands 3, uh, Borderlands 3 Claptrap. And um, uh, I can hear it in, I can hear it in my voice that I'm, I'm like, I'm, a, I can, oh gosh, this is, I'm nervous. Don't, don't screw up. This is big. <laughs> and, um, but when you get further throughout the course of the game, cause you know, we recorded on that for just for, for weeks. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of the last things I recorded were the claptrap adventures that you hear on the radio. And, um, by that time I'd gotten in the flow of where claptrap was and I, it just, it, it just felt so kind of effortless by then. I wasn't, I don't think I was worried as much and I was, I was comfortable in, in being Claptrap then. And, um, and then when we got to the DLC, when he has his own, as, as Amara says, his own little adventure on, uh, on Xylurgos, when, when uh, Gage tells him to find the Pearl of Ineffable Knowledge. And mm-hmm. every time he hops back in, I, um, I think that's, I think that's my favorite stuff I did in Borderlands 3 was, all the stuff in um, Guns, Love, and Tentacles. It was just, oh, that was fun. <laughs> and now you mentioned that. And, and how does it feel? Like, of course, when you talk to us, right before the unveiling of you actually being Claptrap Borland Street, I got to imagine that they'd already contacted you about the first DLC. Oh, yeah. You know, how'd that go? How, how was it knowing, like, being a Borderlands fan before, but now being actually involved and just... Every time the next step was taken, you already knew because you obviously had to go record for Claptrap in that particular DLC and that particular piece of, uh, you know, whatever was going on. Well, um, it, as a player, I, I didn't want everything to be 100% spoiled. I mean, I knew all the major story arcs. I mean, I knew I knew what happened to Maya. I knew about the, you know, the, the Calypso twins, what happens between them. and But I managed to keep... Uh, a lot of the little tiny surprises, um, a lot of the little gags, uh, I didn't know guns could walk. I didn't know there was a, uh, a gun that shoots burgers. Um, I didn't know about, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the great gags. Um, mm-hmm. I, I did not know about the relationship between Typhon and, uh, and the Calypsos. I didn't, a, a lot of the stuff I was able to keep secrets so I could have some surprises. But if it pertains specifically specifically to, to Claptrap, um, then I mean that you know, I, I know I I knew what was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's interesting because doing the bit parts like uh like Hank Reese in 
Zombie Island of Doctor of Doctor Ned, and um, as a few, you know, a, a whole bunch of bits in, in Zombie Island. That was the first time I'd done anything in Borderlands, and then General Knox, and then some stuff in Borderlands Two, and then Doll and pre sequel, and um, you know, and and things, you know, that the way things went, um, I just had the uh, seventh month long audition process, um, just going back and forth, change this slightly higher, do this not as stiff that type of you know just direction and then re-recording and then I got the news roughly two years before we even started recording on it um and yeah and the the day I started recording on it I was so nervous that first day but you know everybody everybody at gearbox was super supportive everybody in the narrative team and Joel uh, Joel McDonald the director he's like yeah you know he's like you're you're, you're doing great don't don't worry about it and um that's when um Randy Varnell, you know, you know Jithri, he mm-hmm. the, he gave me he gave me some of the best advice. He said, um, "If people if people love Claptrap, you did a good job. If people hate Claptrap, you did a good job." So I thought, "Oh, that's 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 comforting." I mean, you know, there 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 were some people. <laughs> that's a win-win. You know, yeah, there, I mean, there were some people who just you know they just didn't like the change, and you know, there's nothing I could have done. I think could have swayed those folks. Um, I just, I just wanted to be as the best version of him I could be. I wanted to just be true to the character, you know, everybody's always going to sound different. I watched, uh, Muppet Haunted Mansion last night cause you know, they they keep talking about it. I totally want to check that out. Yeah. And it's, um, and it, you know, it's, it's weird because it's a different Kermit. It's a different Kermit than, I think it's like the maybe second or third Kermit post Jim Henson. And it's, um. You know, it, it's, it sounds like Kermit. It sounds different, but that Muppeteer is doing their best Kermit that they can do. And if it weren't mm-hmm. for that Muppeteer filling in for Kermit, then we wouldn't have Kermit anymore. So it's kind of like if there was never anybody to take over a role, you wouldn't have Doctor Who. You wouldn't have Batman. You wouldn't have a lot of stuff. And, you know, it's it's actors love the characters they take those roles for. They want to they wanna help those characters just keep on going forever. And it's... um. It was a real honor to be asked to to do Claptrap, and I just, I love him. I love the little guy. He's just, uh, I actually, I have a little, a little plush Claptrap um, uh, hanging in my booth. It's like a, like a, a round manju um, bun type Claptrap, mm-hmm. and uh, it's whenever I'm getting nervous about stuff or if I'm ever kind of down, if like, if, if work's kind of slowing down, I just, I look at him and I go... That's where things can go. Just keep at it. So it's, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I thought you did a great job. And oh, yeah. then once Borderlands 3 posted, you know, came up and it was all official and everything was right and wrong, of the voices and people I listen to and check out every once in a while, everyone was pretty positive about it. So I think the transition was fine. And, of course, you know, here we go. Look at that. Look at that, Jim. There, oh. there you finally got it. <laughs> Hey, minions! Hey, there you go. Look at that. We got all... We all got my Funko claptraps are in the other room, so I can't go grab them <laughs> real quick. But I did I did want to ask another question based off of claptrap, because when we last talked, you were kind of, you know, saying it's, you know, it's it's kind of intimidating but exciting to kind of take over a role that's been established by somebody else. Yeah. Does claptrap feel like you now? Do you feel like that's your role, or is it kind of just... Do you have that attachment, I guess, is what I'm asking? I don't know if I had talked about it in these terms uh, last time, but how everybody in Battleborn, uh, Isaac, Oscar Mike, Midrek, Whiskey, they're kind of like my vocal children, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, because working with working with Gearbox there, we kind of created them from the ground up. And Claptrap is kind of like um, my adopted son. 
Nice. You know what I mean? It's like I've adopted him. I, I loved him before. I still love him. I want to take care of him. I, you mm-hmm. know, uh, if he grows as a character, I want to be able to, to to nurture that in the character. I didn't create that voice. You know, um, Claptrap began with David. And I could never be, I could never be David. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, David, he, he made it extraordinarily iconic. And, you know, um, again, new Kermit is never going to sound exactly like old Kermit. Each Doctor Who is always different, but they they stay true to the character. And that's, I like to think of myself as the Roger Moore of Claptraps. Nice. Because there is, I, I'm pretty sure somebody did Claptrap at a PAX. I think it may have been Mikey Newman. I'm not sure. I, I've never mm-hmm. asked. But whoever that was, that's the that's the George Lazenby of Claptraps. Nice. And yeah. so that makes me the Roger Moore. <laughs> so um, I think there's room for all Claptraps. And I just... He's just, he's a, he's a good boy. I'm, I'm, I want to, I want to keep him ticking. <laughs> he is. And did you ever expect, did you like you ever expect that? I guess we all knew he was going to continue to exist, but did you think when you set up to take that role on that you were going to get all those DLCs? Did you assume it's going to be something that you actually took on long term like it has been? Doing the voice in the main game, you end up being the voice in the DLCs just for continuity's sake. And, uh, Everybody, people at Gearbox, they were super kind. They said nice things and they they liked what I had done uh, for Claptrap. And so when things happen in the future, it would be great to keep being Claptrap. Case in point, remember the there is a Godfall trailer for you could get Zero Sword and Godfall. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes. oh, yep. They, yep. they, mm-hmm. they had me do that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they they asked me to do that. And um, let's see. And then and then when Claptrap was in Fortnite. Oh yep. Oh yes. There's mm-hmm. there's that there's that Fortnite crossover. So uh, I got to record Claptrap for Fortnite, and so um, and, and for um, well, Borderlands Science is part of Borderlands Three, so yeah, of course Claptrap's mm-hmm. going to be in there. Um, but but yeah, it's uh, I I I think that I'm pretty sure they like me. <laughs> Indeed. So I um I'm just I'm just happy. It's uh you you know it's um you, you want people to be happy with your work, and I'm I'm glad that they are. Now, we, we, you'd mentioned your vocal children earlier, and before we get off of Borderlands 3, I want to make sure I get this one in. A role or a character you had done in that game that I totally forgot about him. I think his name <laughs> was Hersham. Already... Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and I had to stroke my chin a little bit and go, Hersham. I remember that name. I looked it up, Hersham. Oh, he was the dad in the Life of the Party side mission with yeah, Gracie, was... the future vault hunter. How did it feel to break everybody's heart and make everybody feel guilty and sad in that mission? Gee whiz. That was um, it's like, so. So did you did you go back and do uh, play it both ways to where you break her records? I think I broke the the cake eating one, and then went, "Oh wow, I can't believe you did that." And I went, "Okay, I can't do any any more of these. There's no way I can do it." Yeah, the direction was it's like, "So you're still being polite, but uh, you are really holding back how much you are not happy with them breaking Gracie's records." <laughs> it's like, awesome. so you're. I, I try to remember what Hershey sounded like. I believe he sounded like this, and it was, um, so you're gonna just break my little girl's records, huh? It was, I mean, it was, uh, <laughs> I, um, I, oh, I gotta man. say, my favorite mission in Borderlands 3 was, was Baby Dance. That was, I was not prepared for that when that, uh, that, that one mission, and, um, I thought, wow, Claptrap is a good boy. He, he, he is. He just doesn't, he's, he's not good at, at, he's not good at social situations, but deep down, he is a good boy. Mm-hmm. And of course, for me, Matt, I thought you were going to mention, but you didn't. 
It was in the handsome the handsome Jack DLC, as when you were playing uh what something something the slut, somebody behind yeah, yeah one that of would the be voices a... behind the guys dancing and I went yeah that man. was um that was Trent yeah he's um, Trent okay yeah <laughs> tried to sound as as you know as handsome as possible as uh, yeah. flirty mm-hmm. you know yeah um... that was that was great just not even expecting it and going that sounds like Jim. Uh-huh. Jim? What's going on here? What the hell's happening? Oh yeah, Trent. Trent was funny, and um, and um, uh, gosh, um, Max, Max Sky. Ah, oh, I loved him. He was the um, the guy who was basically, uh, he had the rocket, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was um, and then he he showed up again in mm-hmm. um, Guns Love and Tentacles. Yep. Mm-hmm. Once again, as Matt said, before we get into just like what you've been up to since with like anime and other stuff too. Like, what was your favorite DLC? Because, once again, they've all come and gone since we've last talked. Out of all of them, what did, which one did you enjoy most? Because me and Matt have already had this discussion. I absolutely loved Bounty of Blood. Bounty of Blood was thematically that mixture of Japanese culture and Western culture. And they, that they kind of dumping it into the space blender mm-hmm. and, then, and then revealing what uh, Gehenna was. And, um, the, uh, that, that for lack of a better term, it's like an, an American national park lodge, the, uh, the, the resort, um, the way it's designed, but then it has these, um, these, these Japanese visual aspects to it with the, the, it's everything about that. I absolutely loved. And, um, oh, and that's also, you know, where the flipper came from, which is still my favorite, uh, my favorite gun now in, 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 uh, Borderlands three. Um, but, um. And then, and then you get to the—I don't want to spoil anything—but you get to the second area where everything's like this kind of retro mid-century modern futurism, the big corporation, you know, bunker, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. and uh, and of course the set piece when you know, the when that happens, and uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. yeah, that was—I I love Bounty of Blood, I, I really do. Um, Second place, it, I think it's a toss-up between Guns, Love, and Tentacles and Handsome Jackpot. Uh, I think, I think Guns, Love, and Tentacles kind of edges that out. I think Guns, Love, and Tentacles would be second place, then Handsome Jackpot, then Kriegs. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked Kriegs, but um, I think that's the, the the my order of favoriteness of the DLCs. Yeah, all liked and all loved and all played. Oh yeah. Yes. But uh, when me and Matt had our discussion, I think he changed my mind too. I went, wait a minute, you know, Love, Guns, and Tentacles. I think that has to be my favorite because me and Matt spent so much time in that town, all the weird, creepy vibes, the Cthulhu stuff going on. It was just so much fun. And then that crazy antlered boss, you know, and just what a good time that was. Yeah, I'll never forget that first night of running through it. We're, you know, drinking some beers and just we kind of like split up and went all through the town and would go, hey, 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 come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. I found a dude who thinks he can float. Mm-hmm. Whatever the twisted things we found in that, or here's a door I can knock on, come over and let's see what it does. Just a wonderful experience. And, you know, I love Lovecraftian horror things, and I know you do too, Eric. So that was, oh, yeah. it was just right up our alleys. But like you said, all the DLCs were great. I loved them all, but that's had that's got to be at the top for us. Then, of course, that uh, Matt had a bit for a while there, you know, the, the, uh, the innkeeper. You know, Matt did Ma- that for Man- a bit. Ma- Mancubus? Yes. Is, is, is oh, Mancubus? Yes. Yeah. That's so, true, uh, yeah. bit of trivia. Um, some, I, so I play, I play Dungeons and Dragons. Dun- Dungeons and Dragons. I, 
I, I talk professionally, Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> um, with some folks from Gearbox, uh, two of them, uh, uh, Dante Silva, one of the writers, and mm-hmm. Connor, uh, Connor Cleary, also one of, the, one of the writers, and, um, and some other friends. But um, there is, I've gone through uh, uh, three campaigns now with Dante, because he's, he's a really, when your DM is a video game writer, whew, He's he's really good on the fly with stuff, but there's this one character that's been in every campaign, and it's just he's this this dealer who shows up at the most important time and gives you exactly what you need for a price, which of course pops up later in the campaign. But this this character's name is Gary, and he's always like yes, nice. and um and uh, I afterward I I had to ask I said is. There's some Agarian Mancubus, isn't there? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple D&D things uh, that made it uh, into, like in Borderlands 3, where um, when you could hear everybody playing Bunkers and Badasses, and it's like Zero and Brick, and when Brick says, I punched the door, um, there was a, a barbarian, a, a half-work barbarian um, in one of our... He he did that. I I punched the door, and I think that's. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's where Brick got. I punched the door from. Um, awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. Makes me want to get back into D and D, especially, of course, upon hearing Tiny Tina's Wonderlands coming out. I'm looking forward to it. I love the the whole tabletop aspect, and I love the fact that as you, as a JRPG aficionado, how they have the big chibi heads in the overworld. Yes, <laughs> that is so awesome. and then not only do they have the big chibi heads but as they've already mentioned they make sure that whatever you're wearing whatever costumes and get-ups you got yeah it's going to reflect in the overworld chibi head version of you too so it's you know you're not just going to get the stock version of whatever character you're playing you get you as you and the overworld as well i think it's going to be fun i think it's going to be just amazing so yeah and now we get to, as we were with Borderlands 3, Jim, go, I bet you think it will be a good time, Jim. I wonder. <laughs> Don't try and get Jim in trouble. Don't do it. Don't no, do I'm not it, getting Jim in trouble. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying. It's funny how we get him back on the show right before the next big thing from Gearbox. And we did it last time, too. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. You know? <laughs> well, see, what's going to happen, though, is this time... If Jim is in Wonderlands, we got to get him on the show fairly shortly afterwards, and not five years from now. Like, oh yeah, how was Wonderlands? Ah, I kind, I kind of <laughs> remember. It was fun. <laughs> That's true. Touche, touche. But of course, with that all being said, how the hell has been the last couple of years, Jim? Like, you know, Corona Ooh. hit. All things went crazy. You know, you do a lot of voices in anime here and there. How'd that all change up? We you know we saw you on the Twitter. Uh, getting yourself a home studio set up, you know, buying the things you needed to do what you got to do. How'd that all work out, and how did uh, how did it play out? It was it was it was absolutely terrifying because you you had no idea what was going to happen. Um, uh, things closed down. My wife, um, her her workplace, they shut down for a long time. Uh, they were doing stuff from home and doing like like uh, digital versions of the stuff that they do, and so. Um, that worked out okay, but um, I had some audio engineer friends that were helping people out and telling people, here's how you build your home studio, get some rigid fiberglass, build frames for them, wrap them in fabric, put them at, a, at an angle, and at a 45-degree angle, put your microphone there, and then um, 
You can line your your room with them. Now, I didn't have room for a booth. Some people that, you know, they bought, um, you know, Whisper Rooms, the the small booths. But those things are, they're big and they take up a lot of space. Um, so what I ended up doing, what um, Kieran Strange, voice of Lorelai, mm-hmm. he refers to his booth as the Blanky Fort. And I've I've kind of I said uh, I hope you don't mind I'm going to refer to my booth as my blanky fort as well. So I've got my panels basically in front uh, uh, front and back, and ba- on the sides and on the roof I have uh, double ply moving blankets from like top to bottom. I have basically a, a a PVC pipe shell, and I mean it's not much to look at, but um, I mean I can. I can yell and do death rattles and screams and stuff in here and with, with no room reverb. And that's, that's the most important thing. And, um, uh, once I got that set up, I thought, okay, I can, I can work from home. And the one microphone that I had, um, I, uh, I had a, a blue Yeti and cause I never did any studio work from home. So I never needed to get, you know, a large condenser XLR mic. And, uh, but once we were going to be working from home, it's, Okay, I'm getting this. I'm buying a microphone. I'm, I'm buying a, a audio interface. I'm subscribing to Source Connect Standard, and it's it's <laughs> it's you know you're you're dumping a lot of money into this, and you're thinking, I hope I get some work to help pay all this stuff off, mm-hmm. especially since we're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And um, I uh, I ended up getting some commercial work that pretty much just kind of helped absorb the uh, the cost of that, and um. Once anime and games, once they figured out, here's how we're going to record from home uh, using, again, using Source Connect Now or Source Connect Standard and uh, using Zoom and Teams and things like that. It was it was a little rough going in the beginning. And that's why, you know, one episode would come out every two or three weeks. But once everybody got into the swing of it, um, uh, it it turned out to be OK. It was um, I mean, it was scary. It was um. Luckily, I had, um, I had just landed a, um, a, a weekly grocery store gig. And, um, and so because people still have to buy groceries during, you know, during a pandemic, I was still able to, you know, to, to work every week on that, which was, that was a lifesaver. That was kind of like, I was so thankful for that. Um, and, uh, and then and doing anime and uh, again, you know, we're doing a commercial for Godfall and we need Claptrap to, to promote Zero Sword. And, you know, every so often I, I did some Smite stuff. Uh, there is an awesome robot Lincoln uh, character growing up in Florida. I'd been to the Hall of Presidents several times, you know, when I was a kid. And, uh, and that Abraham Lincoln is pretty much what I did. And they, they went with that. They gave him the robot voice. It was, uh, what is it, a presidential <laughs> punisher. Oh, I can't remember the god, but it was uh, yeah, this, this robot Lincoln skin. Oh, my gosh. And then there was an audition that came through for the, the crossover, the Smite Ninja Turtles crossover. Oh, yeah. And, oh, nice. and, I, and I, I, I landed Shredder. And I thought, and they said, yeah, there are people from Nickelodeon on the line. And I thought, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Don't please be happy with it. I'm doing my best. Uh-huh. But um, I was, I was so proud of that. I was so proud to be in an, in an official capacity to be shredder. Cause that was just, uh, cause, I mean, how many generations have been with, um, you know, Ninja Turtles now to be shredder it was like, yeah. damn, uh-huh. I'm shredder. Oh Party gosh. Elite. <laughs> oh, it was, um, it, it was, uh, 
it's been it's been a roller coaster. The pandemic was a roller coaster voice acting wise. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was frightening. But um, recording from home, um, we all figured it out and um, turning off the air conditioner and working for a couple hours a day in Texas in the middle of the summer. And you just, you know, you're working through that and the sun hits like where my studio is. So it would get to around like 90 something degrees in here. But, you know, just working through it. (laughs) (sighs) I couldn't imagine. I'll tell you what, if it gets above about 80 degrees, I start to malfunction. I can't handle life. Got to have that AC. Yeah, I, I, I worked for um, in, uh, in, in high school and, and part of college I worked um, uh, for a cleaning company. Anything from like dumping trash to mopping and stuff like that. And uh, sometimes that was outside and in the heat, in the sun. And it was just, yeah, it's a, it's a thing that. Uh... Now, I see you did end up getting a whole bunch of bits, though. Like, you know, you've got tons of stuff you've been doing like here and there all over from the last couple of years now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Like, how the hell do you manage that? Because I'm looking at all these things, and I'm like, all these phone calls that have to be made, all the dates set up to do the recording, how do you keep track of all that? Um, it, uh, I, I have an agent that I've been with for, golly, since 2003, and if it weren't for them, I would be so lost. Um, I, my, I, you know, I put everything, I put everything in my phone calendar, and... It goes off whenever I need to do something. It reminds me, you need to record this stuff tomorrow. You need to ha- these auditions are due by tomorrow. And, and um, it's uh, because I, I am the type of person that will get super absorbed in one thing that I'm working on. And I need something to tell me, hey, put this down and work on this next thing now because that's due sooner. And it's, um, it, it helps having an agent to basically take care of a lot of the the technical stuff for you. Even so, again, during the pandemic, a lot of people started recording from home. So sometimes there are open casting calls and mm-hmm. uh, you read for stuff that way. And um, I did a few bit characters for Wasteland 3 for the DLC. Mm-hmm. And that oh, wasn't nice. that wasn't through my agent. That was through, um, I believe that might've been through the, uh, the PGM VO list. That was uh, the People of Global Majority VO list, basically. It's all, it's basically voice actors of, of different races, um, different nationalities, and we're all in there. So if, if a producer needs to find somebody, I need somebody who speaks uh, fluent Japanese uh, in their native, you know, their native language. And there's, they can organize it by list of all these people are either Japanese expats or they live over in Japan that uh, they, they speak fluent Japanese. That it, It's just, it's, 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 it's pretty cool being part of that. But um, I don't, yeah, I just got contacted for Wasteland 3 and I read for that and I, I, uh, Got those two bits and recorded them from home. All my screaming. Glad that I my booth is is <laughs> it works. And um, I was gonna say, didn't you play some wastelands, Matt, for a little bit? I started up Wasteland Three, but I realized it was gonna be. I was gonna put like two hundred hours into it, and I didn't have the time to do it. It is a big one. I looked up your IMDb, and I was like, oh, he was in there. Damn it, I didn't get to that. It's it's part of the DLC, and I thought it's okay. So I I did an NPC in NBA Two K Twenty One. I was um, mm-hmm. like this like this business guy NPC that does the the daily that gives you like a challenge that happens every every couple of weeks in the city mode. Mm-hmm. And but in order to get to the main part of the city, you have like uh, Rookie Island, and you have to actually play with like other people. Mm-hmm. And I am terrible at that game. I absolutely suck at NBA Two K Twenty One. 
Um, <laughs> and I was never able to get off Rookie Island. So I have no idea where I am or what I sound like in that game. I, I'm just, I'm <laughs> I terrible, to that part. terrible at it. <laughs> I, you know, it's, golly, I'm, when I, in my day... On the Sega Genesis, there were three buttons, and you wanted to pass, you wanted to shoot, you wanted to dribble, you got your three That's buttons. Right. That's all and that it was, was. Now it's just like, I, what? And, and meanwhile, it's like playing Ghost of Tsushima, there's like, you know, I I have no problem, you know, pulling out the smoke bomb and then parrying and doing all this, but I mean, mm-hmm. I just, my brain just cannot wrap around <laughs> playing basketball. I'm not good at it. Not even in the, vi- I'm better at real basketball, I think, than in the video game. And I'm terrible <laughs> at real basketball. And then, like you said, if you have to play against other people that are playing this like every single year, that's, yeah, I, I would never make it either. That's, yeah, yeah, it's like even on Rookie Island, people are way better than me at the game. And I just, I feel, <laughs> I feel terrible. It's just, yikes. <laughs> yeah, that's what YouTube's for, Jim. You go to YouTube and you say, Hey, parts where guy is doing performance and go. I, it, that's but me. trying there to find hey, trying oh. to find one one specific NPC though. That's mm-hmm. that's good luck with that. <laughs> so that that's one of those vocal children that you put in the basket and you sent him down the river and you're like, well, I know somebody somebody appreciates we'll him. Appreciate somebody picked it. him up. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so have you seen you know more opportunities opening up in the video game world? I mean, now uh, that, you know, Claptrap's been a bigger thing, you know, you've been doing more roles with Gearbox and stuff. Have you been getting anything more with the in the video game side? Because, I mean, like I said, I see you all over the place in anime, but I still don't see you all over the place in the gaming world. Or is it something you just don't pursue? It, it, it Oh, trust me, I pursue as much as I can because, you know, it, it, voice acting is like any sort of self-employment freelance type of work. If you're not working... You're, you're not working. So you, you basically go for as, as much as you can. Um, you know, I auditioned for stuff. There's, there's, there's stuff that's, that's like NDA'd and, um, um, yeah, of course. It's interesting. I, I think with the advent of having the home studio, um, I, I ended up doing more anime than I had in the past. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, Claptrap, I think people, it was more high profile. So people kind of, uh, I think people saw it and they realized, oh, um, and uh, it's kind of weird because there are some people who still don't know that there have been two claptraps, uh, which is which I think is which is interesting. And I always feel kind of uncomfortable when it's like I'm like, well, I'm I'm, I'm claptrap in Borderlands Three. I always feel like I have to preface that because I don't want to take credit for other people's work. Yeah, it's be, it's um yeah. So it's like um, I, I've only recently gotten comfortable saying, oh yeah, I'm, I'm claptrap, and then I and if. People ask if they say, oh, well, I love Borderlands 2. I go, well, technically I was in Borderlands 2, but I was not Claptrap at that time. And um, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, it's, you know what it's like. You don't want to take credit for other people's work. So I feel like morally responsible to give that disclaimer <laughs> in a way. Um, I think with the advent of home studios, um, I think I got more chances because I, I got my booth set up really soon. And so... Um, I do mostly support work in anime um, uh, with bits and stuff or uh, support characters. So I, I ended up doing a lot of uh, side stuff. In, in the Millionaire Detective Balance Unlimited, I played yet another AI, uh, an artificial intelligence called Husk. And he had a very, very calm voice. And um, it's interesting, the Japanese version, he's very, um, he has this very clean uh, 
very clean, very sharp voice. And I was aiming to sound like the, the Google Assistant or mm-hmm. Siri, or I wanted it to sound like um, a device. I wanted it to sound like a smart app that would reply to you. And um, the director, Cliff Chapin, voice of Toby, uh, he directed uh, Balance Unlimited. And um, yeah, he, he, he thought it was great. And he was... He, He's 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 fun to work with because he's um he's really good at like giving you his direction is like well this is happening and this is and then you could just pick up and and go with it um and so uh, I had worked with him on um that time I got reincarnated as a slime and uh, it's yeah he's a uh, he he was fun to work with on um on on Balance Unlimited and Husk is he goes into my pantheon of AIs. <laughs> So of course, you know, I, I, I generally watch with subtitles, but mm-hmm. you're you're over here, Jim, you're convincing me now that you're in so much of what I watch, I'm like, gosh dang it, I've gotta start watching with the dubs on and then the subs on so that I can hear my homeboy doing his, his roles and all these different characters. Because, of course it was um the Black Rock Company uh, anime or whatever. I oh, just d- got into that d- one. D- yeah, d- uh, yeah, uh, Dungeon of Blackrock Company. It's um, yes. yeah, um, Goblin Boss. He's <laughs> yes, I, yeah, he's amazing. I loved it. And then uh, yeah. I saw you had actually done the English version. I went, oh my gosh, that would be so awesome. Yeah, it's working working with uh, uh, Dallas Reed on that. Another another fun director. Um, there's uh, h- how far are you in the show? Uh, I'm about three episodes behind to where it's currently at on Crunchyroll or whatever. Gotcha, gotcha. There's 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 one scene where um there's a, a like a scuffle with some of the the higher ups, and as I was recording it, I realized oh oh my gosh, his tongue is hanging out of his mouth, and so I asked Dallas, I'm like, hey, can I can I do another take just with my tongue out so it it's more accurate? To, he's, he's he's like, yeah yeah, let's do another one like that, and and he loved it, and so that 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 made it into the dub, and it was just. Ah, it's, um, it's, it's fun. I think, um, recording from home, we've gotten so, uh, efficient at it now that there's a little bit of, um, sometimes if we, if we have a little bit of extra time, it's like we, um, I think it's fun to, um, uh, to ask, Hey, can, can we try something? And if there's time and, you know, if we're, if we're under time, then it's like, yeah, let's, 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 let's try something. And, uh, and it's even more fun when that, when, when it's, when it works out and it makes it into the show. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, of course, Jib, it's been great, but we're at about a point in time where I think we should probably wrap up the episode. I've got a question for you after the episode. Okay. But Uh-oh. for now, I think we should probably wrap up, unless Matt has something he really wants to ask before we do so. There was something, but I lost it in the in the good story that you just told. So I, I would just say thanks for coming back and uh, and sharing your time with us. I appreciate it oh, very much. Yeah. No, I, I, I had such a great time the first time I was on the show and you said, yeah, we'll have you back sometime. And I'm thinking, Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. And then one, then just recently, Hey, we want you to be back on the show. I'm like, yes, finally. So, <laughs> Hey, you finally said something, you idiots. <laughs> well, no, I, it's, um, well, I, I live, I live far from, uh, uh, where we play D and D. So I, it's it's a long drive from like South Dallas to to you know where Frisco where where Gearbox is located and yeah, so and so I I listen to the show on Sundays when I on the way to D and D so um yeah <laughs> hey, it's most appreciated Jim we do appreciate it 
yep, very, very much. And of course, we didn't even get to talk about us meeting at Yumicon that one year, which we brought up Yumicon, but then we didn't talk about how we actually met and got so awesome. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, back before it all went to hell, and you know, and people are still the, hanging. The out. before times. Yeah, the before times. Exactly. The before times when cons were in person. Yeah, um, that was that back. was cool. <laughs> that was cool. I remember seeing y'all because you had that you had like the 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 board with the third shift logo on. Like, hey, it's mm-hmm. third shift. Hey, it's those guys. <laughs> yep, it's it's right over here on my mantelpiece. I still have it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're still dedicated. Oh. Get all of our favorite peeps from old Gearbox and affiliated, you know, peeps from affiliated Gearbox stuff signed and whatnot you know we got you on there and we've got of course uh uh john st john from duke nukem on there oh yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna get more eventually we're gonna get more someday when we can travel and get people you know to sign it and have a good time it's gonna be great oh gosh well i i the the time just flew has it really been it did it's been an hour freaking 12 minutes (laughs) Ah, and and that's just the show yeah, it's been that's just a show. Almost an hour thirty here, so mm-hmm. yeah, we, we didn't we didn't even talk about Earth Defense Force at all. Or, I know, or, and no. I thought for sure that was coming up. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh! And there's no. so many other games we could just chit chat about. It's ridiculous. Oh, now, pe- peeling back the curtain a little bit, I would love to just keep going further and further, but Eric's got to be at work at five. I got to be at work at six. So it's just, uh, we'll start dropping off. I can see it in his eyes already. I got gotcha. you. Mm, I got gotcha. Just like, yeah. oh, it's yeah. time for sleepy time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, this time we will get you on sooner, as Matt said, than, you know, three years later after we had you on last time. I won't let him sit on it. As soon yeah, as something say, cool it, comes Matt out, starts- so we know that you're in, we're going to be like, hey, Get Jim back on the show. We need to talk about this. If Matt starts pushing me and prodding me, exactly. <laughs> As always, I will be happy to return. I I, lo- I love chatting with you guys. Occasionally, it's I know that we we've exchanged messages, you know, about again about Judgment and mm-hmm. about Earth Defense Force in between stuff that you know games that I know that that y'all like and you know that mm-hmm. I like and there's you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I love being on the show. It's fun. Oh, and it's easy too. That's the craziest part. Mm-hmm. It's like we just said. Hour and something minutes have gone by, and it's like, oh, we didn't even get to half stuff I want to mention, but here we are. <laughs> well, then, then that, that's time for another episode. That's, that's right, right, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if we want to do the whole ending rigmarole, other than just thanking Jim again for his time. Oh, well, tell people where to find you. We did it last episode, too. I'm sure you're so famous, everybody knows where to find you. Hey, I didn't know, though. You're on Cameo, too, now. So plug plug oh, all your oh, stuff. Yeah. Your socials, oh, gosh. Your cameos, I everything. See, I- I'm I'm so bad at I'm I'm so bad at, at doing like the social media part of voice acting I guess I'm not, yeah uh, so uh, yes I am on Cameo and um, I have a I have a lot of fun on Cameo I golly I've done um, uh, yeah, wedding stuff I've had parents ask parents whose children are are like like my hero fans and they want to ask about that and and yeah I, I really like um I really like doing stuff on Cameo I I I, I think I might go a little overboard when I do my cameos because I try to make them as as <laughs> as as fun as possible for folks. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I um I uh so yeah yeah I um look me up on cameo and of course I am on Twitter uh Jim Ferranda that's J I M F O R O N D A and um, yeah I'm on Twitter a lot. I do have one of those Facebook voice actor pages. It's it's Jim Ferranda VO, but it's uh, it, it's so Facebook makes it almost impossible to easily communicate with people because it's 
every few seconds, it's like, do you want to boost this post? You haven't talked about this, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, stop, mm-hmm. you know, and <laughs> Twitter is like the easiest way to get a hold of me. And um, also, um, so let's see if this is, if this is going to be next week's episode. So weekend of the, thir- uh, the 30th, actually October 30th, Nishi Fest is going to be at, I'm pretty sure it's the Arlington Esports Center. You can see it uh, at nishifest.com, N-I-S-H-I-F-E-S-T. It's this kind of one-day Japanese anime culture festival. So I'm going to be there with a, a whole lot of freaking awesome people. Um, and that's just, that's going to be great too. Um, I'm excited. It's it's kind of funny. No cons and then two cons in a month. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jealous. I'm jealous. Well, you I got know. one con in a month. In just two I weeks, Eric, we're going right. to be gonna, right. We're You're actually right. going to be going. It's set in stone. Jim witnessed it. He's bored witness to it on the show. I, I am looking forward to the post uh, the post Yomacon uh, episode. Then there we go. Well, you'll have to see the pictures too. Maybe we'll set up our own booth again, like we did uh, previously <laughs> in the past. <laughs> we'll we'll bring you with us, like we did that time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I remember that. We were all there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Even Randy Pitchford was there. Randy he stopped Pitchford by to say hello. Yep, he did. It's a, that, that, that was it was paper us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, with us in spirit. That's what yes. we like to think. You know? Lisa, <sighs> you and Randy, just with us in spirit, hanging out, having a good time. <sighs> the best. Oh man. We got some weird looks that day. I remember yeah, a couple we did. of them. It, it, it was a few people were wondering what the hell's going on. So <laughs> if you're if you're getting weird looks at a convention, then you have to be really weird. <laughs> well, that's, well that's, you know, that's, that's, a, we, that's, we that's third shift. That. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 here's the thing, though. That, that's what I love about conventions so much is that people can basically just fandom all they want. You know, mm-hmm. cosplaying, wearing their, you know, it, it's just, you can gush about what you love and... Mm-hmm. It's kind of like um, okay, uh, I'm, I know I'm dragging the show on. I am so sorry, but oh, it's fine. it's kind of like um, <laughs> on the the day before when you're camping out to buy a console, or if you're waiting outside for a midnight launch oh. of a game, and and there are people that you do not know, but you are all into the same thing, and you just conversations just start striking up about oh, so what else do you play? What do you like? And there's something about it's kind of like this communal. We are all nerds on this stuff. And, and, and you could feel comfortable talking to other people about the the stuff that you love because they love it just as much as you do. And, um, yeah, that's, that's something claptrap was the first time anybody ever actually invited me to be a guest at a con. And that, that first con was let's play expo here in, in, in Dallas. And it was, I'd actually gone to let's play like the previous three times before I, you know, it was kind of, it was so strange being on the other side of like the, the panel table. It was just, mm-hmm. um, but I just, I love cons. I love conventions so much. There's just, it's, it's just, again, it's hanging out with people that you're all into the same stuff, you know, or slightly different stuff, but you know, you know what I mean? The same stuff. Yeah. We've been to a couple now and it was, we really just had that moment of walking in the door and seeing all this awesome stuff that everybody here is here for like all these people, like you just said that none of us know who share all these, all these same interests, which is crazy to us because everyone we work with, most of our friends to certain degrees, just no interest in anime or video games or this and that. And then just here's a whole world, little, like little micro world of people who just love that stuff. It's crazy. It's wild. 
Yeah, it's um, it's there's something comforting about being at conventions, I think, because mm-hmm. you know you you can love the stuff that you love and and nobody will shame you for it. Yeah, or I like to think that nobody would shame you for it. So it's um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I haven't encountered it yet anyway. Yeah. So I yeah I just I love it I love it so much and it's 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 pretty nifty it's pretty nifty being a guest at cons but it's like it's um I just I I loved them before and I I I still do I love them now and it's just oh, I can't wait I'm so excited for this weekend and the following weekend and it's just mm-hmm. oh, it's gonna be great so happy that'd be awesome too <laughs> in the future there Jim when we can get you back up to like Yumicon or something like that and meet again oh, and this time. I'm hoping like you were you were harping on us is I can actually stay for the entirety of the con and mm-hmm. actually go to some panels and have a good time. Whereas typically so far it's been like, hey, three, four hours and then I you know, I gotta roll back out. But we'll see. If I ever if I make it up if I make it up to the Michigan area, I would I, I will let you guys know. I mean that's what I did before. I said, Hey, I'm yeah, coming to Yomicon. Mm-hmm. Is that near mm-hmm. y'all? And then you're like, We can make it <laughs> Yep, exactly. So all right, well, there we go. We did it. We had another episode of Third Shift, Matt. How do you feel? I feel great. I feel like I don't want to do the the usual ending wrap All up right. though because it's a special episode. It is a special you know, episode. It, so I guess at the end of it all, just like we always do, and join in with this gym. There's nothing else to say, but <laughs> don't forget, don't to, forget save. to save. Don't forget to save, bro. Oh, I won't forget to save. <laughs> <laughs>